Welcome into the trenches. I'm Sam Mays. Today we've got an incredibly special guest, former Sooner great Dimitri Flowers. But before we get to the show, I've got some very special people to thank. MidFirst Bank, Oklahoma Ford Dealers, Laser Light Skin Clinic, the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum, Fire Lake Casino, Lock Supply, and remember, drive into your best in Oklahoma Ford dealers today for the best deals on Ford's full lineup of trucks and SUVs. Ford is the best in Oklahoma. All right, like I said, my guy, Dimitri Flowers, former Sooner great, putting his hand down in the dirt for the very first time here in the trenches. Mr. Flowers, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, man. How you doing? How you doing? I'm doing excellent. We have so much to get into, but let me give you some props real quick. I love players that are versatile. I love players that will do what it takes for their team. I love players that don't know how to say no. And when I covered you at the University of Oklahoma, you were all of those things. An incredible career. I just love watching you compete, watching you perform. I remember there's, I don't even remember who the opponent was, but I'm pretty sure you were the starting running back for a game at one point. I mean, yep. just, you had this incredible career, man. Like, congratulations on, and with all the success. Well, first and foremost, thank you for that, man. It means a lot. Um, it, it really, that mentality comes from my dad. You know, my dad was a first round draft pick. Um, obviously my cousin, who's a safety at Oklahoma State, same time I was there. Football's kind of been in our, our family the entire time. And, and you know, um, especially you covering me, I, I wasn't the biggest, I wasn't the strongest, I wasn't the fastest, but I was willing to do anything. And, you know, that's how, that's kind of why I was on, able to be kept on the field is, is um, I, w- I was useful in some of those aspects. But, um, man, uh, my time at OU was a blast. All right, I've got to ask how your weekend was. <laughs> you know, it, it was good. It was good up until about about six o'clock on Saturday, five forty-five. It was. Uh, I, I had a smile on my face. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Did you go to the game? I didn't. I didn't. I, okay. I watched it down here. Um, in fact, the the one game that I did go to as a fan was um, what was it? Twenty twenty-one Bedlam in Stillwater. Took a party bus up with a bunch of people. And uh, obviously we lost and, and Lincoln left a couple hours, <laughs> a couple hours oh, later. Oh, so man. I figured I might sit this one out and <laughs> hope nothing derails the program now. <laughs> right, right. Well, I mean, it was as far as I'll, I'll give Oklahoma State some credit. Um, the atmosphere in Stillwater is second to none in all of the Big 12 in regards to game day. It was nuts from the time we got on campus to the time the game ended. You're talking 30,000, 40,000 people uh, that tailgated. The stadium was as loud as I've ever heard it, and I've played in some pretty intense games in Boone Pickens Stadium, but I've never heard it sound anything like it did uh, in that game. The atmosphere was everything that we wanted for the final Bedlam matchup, uh, no doubt. Um, you know, going into it, the Sooners are coming off a loss against Kansas. You figured that would have been the thing that got them refocused, dialed in, uh, maybe limit some of the mistakes. And obviously everybody wants to win this last one. I mean, what were you, what did you think just as an offensive player, you know, for me, I know I'm sure you're like this also the first, mm-hmm. you know, a couple of series drives, I'm trying to evaluate what the game plan was. And I struggled. I really mm-hmm. did to, to see what maybe that identity might've been for Oklahoma, early in that game what were your thoughts in that first quarter 
Yeah, no, uh, completely agree. You know, being a forward player yourself, you know, those those first kind of 10 to 15 plays are, you know, they're game plan plays. So, you know, you, you come out there and you execute what you've been working on all week. And um, I think that's kind of where uh, OU has struggled as an offense, um, trying to find that identity. It, it looks like we're trying to force a couple different things, you know, um, it's almost like we're still trying to figure things out, but it, but it's kind of too late to be figuring things out. Um, right. I know when uh, when Andrell went down, wide receiver one, that really really didn't realize how how big it would affect us until now. Um, I think it, I think it's becoming more evident. Um, take trying to take some shots downfield, um, and, and you know, obviously, I'm not in the in the in the locker room or, or the coach's office, so I don't know what the game plan is. But we can only talk about what we see. And uh, I, I think that's that's just the struggle is what is the identity of at OU right now? You know, you're, I'm talking not even any quarterback run early in that game. Like I thought you were going to come in and see Gabriel go for, you know, I'm talking Russell Wilson numbers. I don't think that guy is a 110-yard quarterback by any means, but I think he's a 65, 70-yard on the ground every single game type of guy. You know, maybe even Boom Baker was – running the football. I wouldn't say Baker was somebody I've wanted to see carry it 30 times a game, but when Baker had the ball in his hand, he's a talented runner, like understood, mm-hmm. you know, where his body was at on the field, had good vision. I think, you know, Dylan Gabriel is very much that player. So to see them take this game early and not see him get him involved right off the bat, I thought was unusual. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with that. I would have loved to see a little more RPO, uh, a little, little power pirate, a little draw, you know, some of that action, just, just give that, give the, put the defense in some uncomfortable positions. You know, when you, when you run these high tempo offenses, you know, like, like Lincoln did or like uh, Levy is now is that's the name of the game. You got to put the, put the defense in uncomfortable positions and that's how you make your reads and be successful. But it, I mean, since we didn't really kind of use that to our advantage within, you know, Oklahoma state didn't really have to play QB run at all. Um, it kind of, kind of makes the game a little bit easier for them. Did you, do you know the total yards for Oklahoma in this game? I don't. I don't. Are you ready for this? I'm getting ready to really. You're really going to love it. Is it going to hurt? No. Well, kind of. Maybe it was 492 yards. They had 492 total yards. You ready for the kicker? They had the ball 14 less minutes in Oklahoma State. That's a full quarter. That's a full quarter of football. And so when I got on my podcast after this game and I talked about how Oklahoma lost this game, and look, I got a ton of respect for my Cowboys at the end of the day. And, and Dimitri, you know this as well as I do. Mm-hmm. You got to execute with the opportunities that are given to you. And when mm-hmm. the Sooners gave the Cowboys an opportunity, the Cowboys took advantage of it. No question. Give them yep. all the credit in the world. But if you, t- there's no way, shape or form, that let's just take seven more minutes away, right? Mm-hmm. Two of those turnovers don't happen. What's the score of this game? Oh, you probably wins by 10. Yeah. I mean, as crazy as that offense looked, as discombobulated as it looked at times, as bad as that offensive line looked at times, they still had 492 yards of offense. Yeah, right. I mean, that that's that does not make me feel any better, you know, hearing that. Right. But, you know, it's kind of like, like you said, all the credit to Oklahoma State, you know. The team that wins the game is going to be the one that takes advantage of those plays. We've seen it time and time again. It's how it always plays out, you know. Uh, OU had a couple unfortunate miscues, bad snap, um, some miscommunication there. Uh, Kind of didn't really look like an OU offense of of the past, you know. It it just kind of looked like we were were taking it 
play by play and not trying to develop a rhythm. And, and, you know, I think Oklahoma state, you know, to their credit played, played phenomenal, had a great game plan coming in, but it's, it's just frustrating when you put up 500 yards and uh, with limited time of possession and you still can't come away with a win. You know, when you start talking about moving forward, you know, I've, I've got, I'm pretty sure in the 20 years that I've lived here in Oklahoma, I think I may have seen the Sooners lose back-to-back games maybe three times. And one of them was last year also. So it's such an odd position for them to be in considering the brand has just dominated the Big 12 for, you know, I mean, two decades, essentially. They have been the flagship program. And here we are, back-to-back losses against a Kansas and Oklahoma State that are physical teams, have good little identities, no question. Top 25 programs, I'll respect them in that way for sure, but not what I would call juggernauts of, of college football by any means. Moving forward, Here's West Virginia this weekend and really kind of cut out of that same mold, right? Mm-hmm. Wants to run the football, wants to be physical at the point of attack. A defense just just good enough, forces you to play a lot of football between the 20s. And here comes the Sooner team with this, what's that mentality like? What's that that pulse in the locker room considering here they are again, you know, losing two games in a row. How are, I mean, what, are your, what do you think they're thinking at this point? Are you confident that they're going to be able to write this shit moving forward? Yeah, you know, I, I think so. And, and it really all stems to for me is what that what that team and what that core went through last year, man. You know, I, you just know going six and seven, a lot of those guys in that locker room, a lot of a lot of the coaches, you, they, they see that they see the social media stuff. They, they hear what the world's saying. I mean, it, it was embarrassing. You know, you go you go six and seven at OU. You talk about how we're, we're this juggernaut program or ju- juggernaut of a program and all that. But when you go six and seven, that's not really showing it. So, I mean, I think them going through that last year, you know, they know what that feels like. They don't want to feel that again, especially back-to-back right. losses. Uh, much like you, I thought I thought coming off that loss against Kansas was going to be a, a, a key turnaround point. Um, ball didn't bounce our way a couple times. It wasn't. But I, I think after what we went through last year, we have the leadership. Uh, we have the, the, the head coach. Where, you know, we're trying to change that culture from where we were before. BV got here and and kind of right the ship and I, and I think the guys are going to do that. You know, as, as far as um, you know, just the, the the toughness of this football team, I think at its core, when you start talking about guys like you know Ethan Downs and what he represents all for all four quarters, the effort that you see Dylan Gabriel with play, play with for all four quarters, Tyree Walker, Walker, the walk on right that just wants to give it all four quarters. That that core, that nucleus is there, right? And it just seems like. You know, what, what is throwing you guys off? What's getting you off track? And you wonder if it really just is that brand, right? The expectations of being an Oklahoma football player, something that I can honestly say in my entire career, I've never experienced taking the field thinking to myself, oh, we can't lose this game, right? This is something that we, we, can't, we can't lose this game. Everybody expects us to win every single game. Do you, do you feel like at times that the weight of the program for teams like this who, one, this team has improved from what they were a year ago, mm-hmm. right? They're 100% better than what they were a year ago. That defense is back That's on it. track. As far as Venables and the steps that he's taken, God bless him. He's doing. The, he's coaching the heck out of this team compared to what they were. But do, is it? Would you, would you imagine that it's difficult being on a team like this still wearing the brand that Baker wore? Or that Kyler Moore, you know, hundred percent, you know, it's kind of that that old saying, that old saying, you you have big footsteps to fill, you know, you you don't want to be the guy to to mess up the tradition, you know, you don't you don't want to be a part of the team that that didn't win another conference championship in a row, you know, so I mean, 
there's always that pressure there. But, you know, there's two things. It's either pressure bust pipes or pressure uh, builds diamonds. So what, which one's it going to be? And, and when you're that. at OU, you know, we're full of diamonds and we got to keep it that way. So, I mean, yeah, back-to-back losses. We, we had a bunch of high hopes coming into the season. But at the end of the day, if you would have told us after a six and seven season last year that we're sitting here seven and two, a couple crazy things happen, we can still compete for a Big 12 championship. I think a lot of fans would be satisfied with that. I think I would probably have to ask you about social media, uh, <laughs> the narrative around the referees after Bedlam. Yeah. Uh, I really, um, I forgot to put it on my sheet here. Then you mentioned social media. I was like, man, I better ask him about what he thinks about the the refs. I already know your answer because you're a competitor and you're a football player and the refs don't decide who wins games. I mean, there's a million places. Exactly. Yeah, right. exactly. Well, we, we know it more than anything. Uh, but at the same time, two things can be true. Yeah, Oklahoma State played great and, and you know, they deserve that win. But if that call goes something different with Drake in the end zone, I think we, I think there's enough common sense in the world to know that the game might have played out differently. I, I um, 100% agree with you. Yeah, yeah. Wait, that's a tough call. I, I just, I mean, the ref was staring right at it. Uh, I, I thought it was a flag immediately. The replay, all the replays I still see, man, it, it's kind of crazy. But one of those, you just got to bite your tongue and, and try and move on. And, and beyond that, we still had opportunities to win. So, I mean, it's not like that was the end-all, be-all. Uh, right. It suck, but, you know, we just we just couldn't get it done you know, at the end of the game. Crazy to watch uh, what unfolded on social media on both sides of this, uh, this game over the next couple of days, you know, you've got Oklahoma state coaches coming out with memes and videos of former, former OSU player, Trace Ford, mm-hmm. you know, getting taken a pretty big blow, you know, kind of making light of the, of that hit. And I thought that was classless and unprofessional yeah. and shocking considering the position that he is as a, as a coach, you've got mm-hmm. fans on OU side that had listed the names of all the referees in the game. Did you see this one? No, I didn't see that one. Oh, yeah. An OU fan put listed all the referees' names on Twitter and was like, you know, I'm not, I'm not uh, condoning vigilante justice, but if someone put a bag of crap on their front porch, I wouldn't mind it. I'm like, do you know how unsafe that is? How crazy mm-hmm. this all is? Like sometimes, you know, games like this will bring out the worst in the fan base. Yeah. No question. Yeah, and that and and that's one thing that that kind of being a, a former player now and and having a a big following on social media to where I I can I just sit back and I just read the stuff, but you know it's all on my for you page and stuff. And man, it, some some of it's just disgusting out there. You know, one thing I did see was I don't know if you saw this one. The uh, I think it was an OU fan that replied to some o- Oklahoma State fan saying, "I hope there's another plane crash soon." Or, or oh something, my god, something along the lines of that. What? And, and, yeah, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. We love a rivalry. We played in it. We 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 fought. We bl- we bled. You know, we did all that. But at the end of the get end of the day, man, that that's some of that stuff on social media is not acceptable. Um, I I get the compassion. I I get the heated rivalry. But but man, like, just I guarantee you, none of these people would be saying this stuff if their real name was out there. If the real picture was out there, they're, they're not Correct. hiding behind some random account that right. you know has a bunch of numbers and letters attached to it and just spewing off all this hate. But it, it's, it's kind of disheartening to see, but every fan base has their bad eggs. All right. If you had a message for, you know, when you start thinking about Sooner Nation and, you know, there's a lot of heartbreak out there. Um, I know you, the way you look at this season is probably similar to the way I'd look at, I look at this season. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, the South is calling, right? Mm-hmm. The SEC is calling. 
and this is your final year in a conference that will allow you to uh, grow, to better yourself, you know, within the frameworks of the actual season, because next year that's murderer's row, right? That schedule mm-hmm. gets real and real quick. Thoughts yeah. on, you know, what would you tell Sooner Nation as far as this season is concerned? Yeah, man. Uh, only thing I'd say is just just hop on. You know, we we need we need every single fan to to be on board with with the Oklahoma Sooners going into next season because because we touched on it. The SEC is no joke. You, we both played SEC teams. We we know what that physicality is like. We know every aspect of, of what goes down over there, and we can't go in there with a, with a fractured fan base, with a fractured team, with a fractured university. You know, it, it's going to take every single every single piece in the puzzle for us to be successful. And, and that's what the fans want to see. And beyond that, that's what the players want to see. Players don't want to lose. Coaches don't want to lose. It, it, it's kind of, it's kind of, I see some ignorant takes out there like, Oh, Levy's throwing the game on purpose or, or, Oh, do the players right. even care about losing? Like, come on now. <laughs> do, do these guys understand what the players put in time and time day after day to, to get to this point? And so, so, I mean, that's the one thing I'd say is just hop on, you know, it, it, it's, it's not going to be all, all rainbows. You, you got to go through the rain to get there, man. And, and I think, I think we're in a great place. I think uh, Oklahoma and Texas making that move as well. I think it's going to be a, a nice little change up. Uh, but with that being said, I think Oklahoma state has a chance to run the big 12 now for the next 10, 15 years. You know, what is it? It's just going to be them in Utah going back and right. forth for it. It's crazy. You know? it's Absolutely crazy. All right, Dimitri Flowers, former Sooner great, joins us here on In the Trenches. I'm Sam Mays. This is Sellout Crowd. Big thank you for everybody out there joining us. Make sure you hit that like and subscribe button. It helps us out so much. And please comment, man. I think you guys have so much quality content. When you comment on these podcasts, let me know what you're thinking. And uh, and whether it's a question or a comment, I think all that stuff has got a ton of value. So once again, thank you for any, interacting with me on this podcast. And thank you for watching. Thanks, Dimitri. I appreciate it. Absolutely, Stephen.